Come on, let's give God praise today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Hey, before you're seated, could we welcome our online campus real quick? Welcome them, could we? So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. And just before you're seated again, would you greet one another? Make everybody feel welcome today. Well, if you didn't get greeted, you were hiding. All right. Good morning. How's everybody? Good, good. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Isn't it also good, those of you watching online, isn't it good we can leverage technology in this way too? And, and I, I pray that where you're at this morning, home, hospital, wherever you might would be, we even do have some truckers that watch on their app and I tell them, don't watch, just listen, okay, while they're driving. So remember I told you that. So. Uh, we're just grateful uh, today. Well, today we're going to wrap up a series called Done with Dysfunction. So we're done with Done with Dysfunction today. Um, and we're not done. Uh, I'm just going to retitle things and we'll keep going essentially on this. But how many of you are done? Anybody done? And it's, it's an attitude. You're not done as in, wow, I got all that behind me, but it's an attitude. And remember this, that your attitude determines your approach. And your approach determines your success or your failure. And so you've got to have a real attitude that I am, I'm done. I am done with this. And we've tried to uh, over the last seven weeks, and then today will be the eighth week of this series, uh, give you some very usable truths and principles. And God is helping us. We're hearing so many, so many wonderful uh, stories and comments, how this is helping and encouraging some people. We believe that a series is a season for our church family. And that being said, this has been a very important series. Um, go back and review, okay? There are a number of ways that you can do that online, through our app, YouTube, and so forth. Um, sorry, but we're out of cassettes. How many of you do not know what a cassette is? Okay. All right. But um, go back and review. Also, I have in my heart to do some sort of book or booklet on this too. And so we'll be working on that and make that available uh, to you as well. We just want to help and uh, uh, probably be an ebook even that you could just download. So we'll, we'll see how all, of, how all of that pans out. So as we end this series, we're going to start another series next week. So everybody say next week. So next week, we're going to start something called Summer of Serving. Summer of Serving. And um, we're living in a culture, well, first of all, they're going to know we are Christians by our, by our love. And we're living in a culture that doesn't want to listen and can't seem to hear, that are ignoring or rejecting God and His ways. And because they won't listen, won't hear, then sometimes you have to show. And so we're going to enter into a, uh, an exciting, we've got so much planned, so many resources involved in this, of ways that just on a daily basis, coming and going, even people you don't know, that you can help and serve and encourage. And we're gonna find that this is really, really at the heart of our master Jesus. And uh, so don't miss that. That will start next week and uh, it'll go for six weeks. So I'll be kicking that off next week. Well, let's go back to our series today, Done With Dysfunction. Again, say, I'm done, I'm done. 
And remember that things that are left unaddressed or unrepaired get repeated and they get passed on. So we're either passing on our hurting or passing on our healing. We're passing on our brokenness or passing on some wholeness in our lives. So the fact that we would get done with dysfunction doesn't impact just you. It's super important for you to be done and to progressively uh, come out of any dysfunction in our, in our lives. It's good for all of us to do that, but it's not just for you, okay? It's for others because if you have dysfunction, it's gonna show up in every interaction. Every relationship, every day, you know, so, so many things. And remember that dysfunction doesn't mean that everything's wrong, that everything's bad. You know, sometimes you might feel offended. Pastor says we're dysfunctional. Can I see the hands of people that have any dysfunction in their life? Okay. I'm the poster boy. I'm up, I'm up, up here talking about it. Um, it doesn't mean that everything's wrong, everything's bad, but as the, the analogy that I've used in this series you can have an incredible car, but it's missing a wheel and a battery. It's dysfunctional, but it's better than your car. Yeah, but mine functions. And so it's not everything's wrong, but it's certain things are wrong that, that impact and, and affect other things regarding that. So this morning, as we wrap this up, I want to share with you four things. They all start with S. The first one is going to be seek and then significance, and then skills, and then say so. And so I just told you what I'm gonna talk about, so now I wanna talk about these things. And uh, as it kind of whet your appetite, these are things that we can apply that are gonna help us so that we can walk out of dysfunction. And it, it's wonderful, it's wonderful to walk out of areas where you were limited, broken, or whatever, and then be able to turn around in short order and find out I'm more and more free in that area. I'm totally free in that area, whatever it would be. And I believe that God has that for, for all of us today. Can I get a good amen? amen? There is a spiritual law. It is referenced, um, at least in the New King James Version of the Bible, is referenced 59 times in Scripture. And I want to present it to you as Jesus presented it. Um, and this is Jesus referencing it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Read the yellow with me. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who, come on, seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So I want to talk to you about seek. Come on, go ahead and say it with me. Seek. Now you know what it is, but just so we're all on the same page, uh, you're looking for something. If you seek, I'm looking for this. You're trying to find something. So to cut to the chase, you need to seek the Lord. I know that sounds old-fashioned. I know that even sounds religious. But I just gave you the best advice you could ever have for any situation. You need to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. And as we seek the Lord, though, in the context of this series, Done With Dysfunction, you, you need to seek wholeness. You need, need to seek progress. You need to seek freedom in your life. You need to seek healing and, and, and growth. We seek it. Because if you don't seek, you ready for this? If we don't seek, we settle. 
If you don't seek for something different, you settle where you are. And the reality is you don't drift into wholeness. You drift into dysfunction. You drift into dusty, rusty, and broken. But there's an effort that has to be put out. There's an attitude about it. And there's a, 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 a urgency to this that you seek the Lord and you seek progress. You seek growth. You seek freedom uh, in your life. If you don't seek, you settle. You accept. You concede. And you end up stuck. And guess what? We've been stuck for far too long. You know, if we're honest about our lives, if we're vulnerable about our lives and our families, there's been things, it's just been too long. That's why I purposely titled this, Done with Dysfunction. Now, here's the areas, though. And as I said, you know, it's not all things. It's some things that affect most things. Basically, it comes down to four things. Your perceptions, practices, patterns, and behaviors. Perceptions, how you see things practices what you do, patterns, things you repeat, and behaviors, how you carry yourself. Those are the things that can make or break you. Those are the things that either undermine, that can undermine and limit your life and your relationships. And that's why we've got to seek better. Don't just settle, because if you, if you don't seek, you're going to settle. And if you settle, you get stuck. And as I said, we've been stuck long enough, so let's Seek the Lord. Amen? Now, how you seek for something reveals what it means to you. Okay? How you seek for it reveals, uh, and I could say it this way, how you seek for something is going to depend on what it means to you. So if you lost a $5 Starbucks gift card, some of you would fight for that. But if I compare seeking, where did I put that? Did you take it? You know, we're, we're seeking for that. Compare that with you've lost your toddler in Walmart. How are you going to be seeking there? It's going to be way more frantic. It's going to be way more urgent. You're not going to care about anybody else's feelings. Are you all with me? Yes. Now, some of you are like, I don't know. Which toddler are we talking about? <laughs> Or this, I'm not saying they're good for you, but they are good, and that is fresh french fries. Well, here's the truth. They only have about a seven-minute shelf life before they turn into a candle. And you're driving along. Has this happened to you? And, you, you know, you're in the driver's seat. Thank you. And You've got your seat in the console, and there's a little space. There's a little cavern right there. And if you drop some, and there's still four minutes left on their shelf life, goes down there. How many of you know, well, you will risk your wrist, your watch, your fingers, anything? Lost my wedding band, but I got my French fries, right? I actually had used similar illustration a number of years ago, and a guy told me, he said, Pastor, I shouldn't tell you this. He said, well, I actually dropped a lit cigarette down in there. You better be after that as well, okay? So when you seek, when you seek, how you seek is going to reveal what this really means to you. Listen to me. You should be so angry. You should have a holy, righteous anger 
I'm tired of my life being limited. I'm tired of seeing myself and life going this way. I'm, I'm tired of being boxed in with this. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to seek after him and his ways so that I can live in more of what God has determined for me, which, which is peace and fruitfulness and so forth. Are y'all, are y'all with me this morning? So seek. Come on, everybody. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Second would be this. Significance. It's a big word, but you can say it. Come on, ready? Significance. So by definition, your significance is your value, your importance, your purpose, your identity. Can I tell you something? All of those are under attack. Your value is under attack. Your importance is under attack. Your purpose is under attack. And in our day, boy, is identity under attack. But here's the reality. It's been under attack. It's been under attack. The enemy has been working against you to demean and devalue and damage you and your perception and your practices and your patterns and your being. He's been after that. You ready? For generations. There have been things that happened in your family before you were even thought about. That things to break into the perception, the practices, the patterns, the behaviors through a family line ultimately to come up to try to hinder you and make you down on you. The enemy wants you to be down on you. He wants you to feel bad about you. He wants you to not like you. Now, you can fake it on social media. And some people do. Some people, some people you think, man, they are not down on them. They are way up on themselves. Which brings me to this point. I just read this. More people in the last two years have died from taking selfies than from shark attacks. Selfies are more dangerous than sharks. It's true. Plus, I read it and I thought, I've got to wedge that into this message somewhere. So, so. But how you see yourself and how you see the world around you determines the quality, the direction, the destiny of your life. And the enemy does not want you to have a clear view of you. The enemy does not want you to have a clear view of God. Because when you get a clear view of God, the next thing that's going to happen is a clear view of you. And then you're going to have a more accurate view of those around you. Because you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you're to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the broken peace in our culture today is we don't love ourself. And no wonder, because for generations, self has been under attack. And we want to find out the true reflection of who we are. And it's going to be found in God's word. Hear me, the only true reflection of who you really are is found in God's Word. It's even called in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the mirror. That you can better see who you are. And and the only true reflection of of our God, of our Heavenly Father, is going to be found in God's Word. That you're going to see, I'm created by God. In His likeness and image. 
that he loves me, that before I had lived any of my days, he had a plan for my life, that he loves me, that nothing can separate me from his love, and I've blown it, but he, his grace is greater than my sin. And he loved me so much that he sent Jesus to pay the price for my sin so I could be in relationship with him. And he surrounds me with favor and he orders my steps and he helps me and he provides for me and he protects me. He helps me every day of my life. And one day when my life is over, I've, I've got a home in heaven, you know, waiting for me. It's important that we can see the true reflection of who you are in the light of God's word. Can I, can I get an amen today? So looking into God's word, you're going to find out your significance, your worth, your value, your, your importance, your ability, and so forth. In Ephesians chapter 1, it gets into some real rich soil in the scripture. And in a passage, it shares this, that you are chosen. Say, I am chosen. You are not only chosen, you are adopted. Say, I am adopted. And then further than that, you are accepted. Say, I'm accepted. You're accepted in the beloved. I'm chosen by God. I'm adopted by God. That's very intentional. How many of you know that adoption is not accidental? It's very intentional. I'm chosen by God. I'm adopted by God. And I'm accepted in the beloved. When you know that, when you get an understanding of that, that helps your sense of significance. We go a little bit further in Ephesians chapter 1, and, and we'll do a little bit of a deep dive here. The Apostle Paul writes, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, so that's a beginning place, and your love toward all the saints, and we understand from Scripture that faith works by love. You can say you have faith, but if you don't have love, it's just kind of noisy. So I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And watch this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you, get ready, Remembering you in my prayers. And watch this. This is all intentional. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, say that's me, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. So he's asking God to give you something that you can't get on your own. This is not something you can just discover. This is not something you can work up. This is not something you can earn. He is asking the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all glory, he's asking him to give you something. He's asking you that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Watch this, watch this. Having, here's the result, the eyes of your heart enlightened. Look at me. He's wanting you to see something with the eyes of your heart. This is not something you learned in church. It's not something you read in a book. This is something that only God by his spirit can show you on the inside. Have you ever had those aha moments? Have you ever had those times like, oh, I see that. He wants revelation. He wants holy wisdom to be on the inside of you concerning something. It's something that only he can do for us. Go ahead, if you will. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. That's your destiny. He wants you to see that with the eyes of your heart, your destiny. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? That's your identity. He wants you to see that with the eyes of your heart. And then look at this. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us? That's ability according to the working of his his great might. 
Now, I'm going to do something a little unusual here in, in a moment. We normally wouldn't do this at this point of the service. Relax, it won't hurt. The Apostle Paul prayed. He's very intentional about how he honored God and he asked him to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that we could know our destiny, so we could know our identity, so that we could know our ability in him. I want to pray that for you right now. Would you just receive this right now? Let's ask, let's ask the Lord. Father, there's things that we need that we can't get to, but you want them for us. So just as we seek you, we seek you for this. That not by words of a man, words in a book, some class we would take, but by your spirit, you would help the eyes of our heart to see that we could see our purpose and destiny that we could see our real identity that we could see the ability that you've given us by this incredible remarkable power it's your power God I don't even know how to fully ask this but as Paul asked I ask for us help us to see these things with the eyes of our heart. I pray it start to dawn on us today, tomorrow, the next few days, and fuller and fuller and fuller until the perfect day. And we're going to thank you for it now. We receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, let's move on. Seek significance and Skills. Come on, everybody say skills. You know what skills are. Skills are abilities, proficiencies. It's how good you are at something. How many of you know some people are very skilled at some things? Are you all here? How many of you know some people are not so skilled at some things? Today is my youngest granddaughter, Grace. It is her first birthday. She might be watching online right now. Hi, Grace. People loves you. But about two weeks ago, and we don't know why, her dad, my son-in-law, trimmed her bangs. <laughs> and he does not have these skills. <laughs> so, John, we love you. But if you're watching there in Lakeland... We're all mad at you. <laughs> How many of you know that there are others, though, let's just go to hair, that are artists? They can do something with not much, you know, or out of a, out of a mess. And skills, it's how good you are at something. And let me point this out because we, we have to talk about this. You can be all good with God and still be not good at life. Let's, say, let's see it again. You can be all good with God. Okay, your significance. I know who I am in the Lord. I love the Lord. I'm forgiven, free, got peace like a river. This is the day the Lord has made. But you make a mess out of everything. 
And you've got some things you've got to fix. So part of coming out of dysfunction is not just Jesus set me free. Yeah, but you've got to learn some things. It's summer school, y'all. <laughs> a little remedial work. We've got to go back and learn some things, correct some things, improve some things, practice some things. Amen? And you can be all good with God. That's actually the easier part. But you can be, still be not good at some things regarding life. For example, conflict resolution, relational skills, crisis management, life management. How do you handle time? How do you handle money? And so the parenting, work. See, there's all these things that, and, and where were you to learn anything? It's from how you were raised, is what was modeled for you. It, it, it's what you've kind of seen and learned along the way. And, and a lot of those things we didn't learn right. Don't get quiet on me. I'm your friend. You know, but maybe you grew up in a family that when they had conflict, they yelled, they screamed, they, they stomped out of the room, they threw things. Or maybe you grew up in a family where everybody just closed up, pretended nothing happened, or you really packed it all down and no one talked for three days. All of those are dysfunctional. There's a better way. There's a better way so we can learn that. Or how do you handle money? How do you handle time? You're to be a steward of these things. So maybe you grew up in a family or culture or whatever. It's like, hey, whatever, what, whenever. You know, that's dysfunctional. It doesn't work well. Uh, what about work? Maybe you grew up and you had a dad or a mom that hated work or didn't work or was lazy or angry about work or worked too hard. And you pick up those things along the way. And so we've got some skills that maybe we need a friend to help us. Maybe we need some counseling. Maybe we need to read something. Maybe you need to just start paying attention to people. Maybe you need to YouTube something. You know, there's so many things that we can, that we can learn in these ways. You, maybe you need a life coach. Maybe you need to really ask friends that you love and trust, hey, I'm going to give you a license to speak into my life. Do you see something about me? And, and, and let them do that. You need to have a pastor. You need to be in a church. You need to be in a small group. Because we grow by exposure and we grow by practice. And so what we've seen and what we've learned and what we've grown up with and what was modeled for us, we might need to correct that. We might need to amend it. We're not vilifying anybody. It's just like, I'm done with dysfunction. And I'm all good with God, but I've got to fix some things. I've got to do better at some practical things in my life. Can the church say amen on that? Now, Maya Angelou... American author and, and poet, she, she said this. I love this. When you know better, you do better. When you know better, you do better. And skills can make life better. Amen? A couple of weeks ago, my buddy Josh, he said, hey, let's go fishing. So we went kind of out in the shallows in the Gulf. And so it was he and I and his two sons. And we had a guide, a professional guide. And so we get out there, and I'm just loving it. And I love fishing, but here's the, here's the whole truth. I haven't really fished since I was a little kid. So we go out fishing. I'm loving just the, being on the water, the breeze, everything else. 
And, and we get out there and we start fishing and, okay. My last fishing pole was a Zebco 202. How many of you know what a Zebco 202 is? All right, uh, uh, look at me. It was technology before its time. You push a button. Click. Y'all with me? Oh, they had some crummy poles on this thing. No, they were great. But it was, the button was missing. So I'm trying to fish, and I'm watching them. And there's a little ring on there, and you kind of pull that around. And see them doing, you know, so I'm going out four feet. Something wrong with my pole. Nothing like my old Zebco. And after a while, Josh, as a friend, he said, hey, let me see if I can help you with that. Because he saw, and he came over and said, if you do this and do that, and now let it go in. It went. So I grew by a friend. I grew by exposure. And then I grew by practice. Are y'all hearing me? All right, be right back. The other day I went golfing. Do I look like a golfer? Fooled you. So Pastor Tom, he's our executive pastor. He's also one of my best friends. And we went out golfing. And I usually will say this to people that I golf with if I golf with them and they're better than me, which is everybody I golf with. <laughs> um, hey, if you see something, you know, sh show me, point it, point it out. So we're going along. We're out in the fairway. This is my five hybrid. Got it around Christmas time. Beautiful club. I got all the stuff. <laughs> and so I hit it. And it goes all wanky and just kind of over there and like a tenth of how far I needed it to go. And I don't cuss, but I thought about it. <laughs> I'm joking. And Tom, as a friend, he said, can I show you something? I said, yes, please. He said, when you're hitting, he said, you're you're kind of got your shoulder down. You're like dipping your shoulder and it's, it's throwing your whole shot off. I said, oh. And I thought, okay, all right. So next time I'm setting up, I start thinking about all the things you have to think about. <laughs> so, so this and this. <laughs> and now my shoulders too. And I got my shoulders right, and I thought about it, and I swung through, and pew. Now, I'm still dysfunctional as a golfer, <laughs> but I'm coming out of it. Are you seeing? And a friend, listen, a friend can help you. And ultimately, we're not talking about fishing and golfing, but it applies to every area of our life that people around us can help us, and you need to give them some license to speak into your life. Ultimately, to understand this, seek the Lord. Because God's word addresses everything in life. Did you know that? In the Proverbs, how many of you know you should read a proverb every day? 
Well, for the rest of you, you should read a proverb every day. And it's wisdom. It's actually skillful and godly wisdom. Did you hear that? Skillful and godly wisdom. It's going to tell you what to do when you're angry. It's going to tell you what to do in relationships, how to handle money, how to do this, how to handle time, how to work. The Proverbs will tell you that. And it sets it up in comparisons. It says the wise man does it this way. The fool does it this way. And you go, I want to be the wise one. And then in the New Testament, the New Testament instructions telling you again, this is how you carry yourself at work. This is how you treat your wife. This is how you respond to your husband. This is how you raise children. This is how you handle your finances and steward time. This is the way you handle when situations go bad. The word of God will give you light so that you can increase in your skills. Because again, you can be all good with God and not good with life. And we don't have any excuse anymore because the light of God's life-giving words of life will help you. And then you need to have healthy people in your life that you can learn and grow and gain from. And you need to be a part of a local church because constantly, I'm going to be telling you the truth. Get into a small group. Small group's going to be helping you to do that. Just interacting with one another. Just observing people. You can learn from people. You say, oh, okay, that's what you do because I don't have a Zebco 202. Y'all with me? Skills. And then lastly today, say so. Come on, everybody, say so. Look in Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What are the redeemed of the Lord supposed to say? They're supposed to say, I'm redeemed. What God has said about you, you should say. What God has said about you, that's what you should say about you. What God has said about your situation, that's what you should say about your situation. Some of y'all are news junkies. Some of y'all are social media junkies. Some of you are, are culture junkies. They're getting your, all your information. It's framing your perception of everything, of yourself and life and, have, and the outlook on things. Do not let this world that doesn't know the first thing about living try to tell you how to live. We're living in a culture that is ignoring and rejecting God and his life-giving word. People don't even want to hear about God or his, or his word. You made your way here to the house of God. And let me tell you, the church shall prevail. Now, now hold on. I'm not talking politics. I'm not talking finances. I'm talking about in the life of people because it's a dry and thirsty land and there's no water. And everybody's saying, come do this, come do this. We're free to do this, free to be that, do this. It's a bully culture pushing people into all kinds of things. And I'm telling you what, people are going to show up quickly, hungry, thirsty, parched, starving. With a spiritual emptiness on the inside that only God can fill. So the church better be the church. Listen, we better be the church, and by church, not just we come into a building and and have incredible worship and all of that. You better walk out of here and be less and less dysfunctional. You better walk out of here and have some peace and have some confidence and have some purpose. Have some favor of God on you. Have some kind of anointing on your life. Be able to carry some wisdom and some strength.
You better be there. Don't cave in. Don't melt in with the rest of culture. Be God's people, full of God, full of his spirit, full of his word. Let your light shine. It's darker. It's darker and darker, but one thing that will never change, darkness never overcomes light. And that's why we've got to get ourselves in here, get our act together in God. Be all good with God, but let's get some things right in life as well. And make our words. Let's go back to say so. What are you saying about yourself? What are you speaking over your children? What are you you speaking over your situation? You better be saying what God is saying about those things. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Let me tell you something. God has delivered me out of the hand of the enemy. I belong to God. I'm the sheep of his pasture. He takes care of me. He's my shield. He's my rock. He's my God. He's my provider. He's my wisdom. He's my peace. He's my everything. I got this bill and it's unexpected and I don't know what to do. Let me teach you a principle. Stay on the right side of the butt. It's okay to say, I got the situation. I don't know what to do. This hurts really bad. I don't have the money, whatever it would be. But here's what God said about the situation. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek him and he's going to give me an answer and he's going to give me a peace that passes understanding, a brand of peace that I should not have based on my situation, but it's something that comes from him. It's a supplement from heaven. It doesn't grow here, but he ships it in for me because I seek the Lord. Are you all hearing me? And stop letting culture and stop letting media try to divide us and cause hate and cause division. We're the people of God. We're passing through. Y'all, we're passing through. We're citizens of heaven. We're part of the family of God that is from every tribe, nation, kindred, tongue, people, every color, every age, every background, every place. We're in the family of God. We carry ourselves a little bit different than the world right now. All that was not in my notes. But if you're going to walk, if you're going to walk and live in new life and new vision, you need some new words. You need to say so. You need to guard your words. Your words are either going to tie you or they're going to free you. Romans chapter 8 talks about the law of death and the law of life. Look at, look at this in Proverbs 18. Death and life, there's the laws. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do you know what that means? You turn on the law of life or you turn on the law of death. You ready? With your words. With what you speak. Well, this will never work and nothing ever works out for me. And this, We're going down on this one. I don't want to be in your boat. This is tough, but God is greater. I don't know what to do, but God knows everything. I might feel alone, but I am never alone. And I'm never without help. You better be careful what law you turn on with your, with your words. Look at this in the message, paraphrase. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Come on, what? You choose. 
You choose. You thought it didn't matter? It matters. You thought it didn't matter? It matters. And we're talking about the words that you speak. Could I also say this though? Be careful the words you write. It's so quick and easy, I'll reply on that on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter. Cut it out. Don't be hooked and pulled into some fight that's not even your fight. And then you're like, oh, I can't believe they wrote that back to me. Well, as soon as I pull over, I'm not going to wait to pull over. I'm going to do it while I'm driving. I'm going to cut your thumbs off. I wouldn't do that, but it's a good threat. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Look in Proverbs 15. We're almost done. The mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. My first thought is why? Why does the mouth of fools pour forth foolishness? Look in verse 14. Because the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Here it is. Garbage in, garbage out. You need to do a good review of what you're listening to, what you're reading, what you're watching. You need to do a good review of who you're talking to and what those conversations you delve into. You need to do a good review of your ear gate and your eye gate and a good review of your mouth gate, okay? Because that has a whole lot to do with life and coming out of dysfunction or getting tied further into dysfunction. Words are so powerful, we've gotta be careful how we use them. Just real quick, a number of ways our words are important. First of all, your faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your words better be filled with hope. Never use your own mouth to speak against your own hope. Make sure that you are using faith-filled words. David said, I believe, therefore I speak. What did he speak? He spoke what he believed. And that's, again, why we need to be feeding on God's word. Second would be thoughts. Thoughts. Come on, everybody say it. Thoughts. I've had a number of people... Alicia just told me about someone as well who have this problem and this question. It's a problem we all have. It's a question we all have. I have thoughts I don't want. I have thoughts I can't get rid of. Maybe they're dark thoughts. Maybe they're impure thoughts. Maybe they're desperate thoughts. Maybe they're worrisome thoughts. And you don't want to have them and have them even know they keep cycling through, cycling through, cycling through. Have you ever had this happen? It's just six, seven words. They bombard you at night. And then you wake up in a little bit, and it's the same thing, same thing, same thing, just coming back, this broken record. How many of you know what records are? It just keeps, keeps coming back, coming back. Thoughts, thoughts. Listen to me. The way God designed you, there's a way to change your thoughts. You, look at me, you use words to change thoughts. Your speech centers dominate your brain. And when you choose to engage your speech center, that is to actually speak, even if you whisper it. Words that are contrary to the thoughts that you want. Get rid of those thoughts. And the best way to do it is to replace them with God's words. God's words. Speak God's words. You'll be able to change your thoughts. Real quick, blessing. Blessing. We're to use our words to bless, not curse. Bless others with your words. Did you hear me? Bless others with your words. Build up people. Cheer people on. Cheer them up. Lift them up. You know, the Bible says in, in, in James chapter 3, it says, should, should cursing and blessing come out of the same mouth? 
Should, should fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? It can't happen. And so our mouth, say my mouth, your mouth is to be used to bless. Even people you don't know. My sweet wife so often it'd be a server in a restaurant or somebody in a store. And you can read people, you can kind of tell they're under it, they're working. They're a single mom, they got three kids and it's late at a restaurant and they're working. You know they don't want to be there, they have to be there. And she always finds a way. Say, your eyebrows are impeccable. Or your skin is so lovely. And they're like, thank you. And it wasn't so much what was said, it was actually blessing came to them. Instead of hurry up, get this done, and all the other noise and chatter and narrative of life going on, we need to use our mouths then to bless people and cheer people on and cheer people up and lift people up and use our words. Amen. Here it is. Build up or hush up. It's pretty easy to remember. Let's do it one more time, then I'm going to count you to remember it. Ready? Build up or hush up. And then lastly, lastly, under say so is gratitude. Come on, everybody say gratitude. I've said this, but you've got to get this. Gratitude. It's the secret sauce. You want a happy, healthy Christ, Christian life? That's the secret sauce. I mean that. That's it. That's the secret sauce. I watch some cooking shows. I'm not sure why I'm a dysfunctional cooker. <laughs> Cook. I was watching one the other day. Drive-ins, dives, diners, something like that. People are driving from everywhere to come eat this certain whatever. And he said, oh, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, we put this in and we put this in. And then in here, we've got this and this. And he goes, what's the secret sauce? He said, I can't tell you. It wouldn't be secret anymore. And a lot of people have secret sauce of how they did this and this and this. But you know what? I'm revealing it to you. Here it is. Here's the secret sauce right here. Come out of dysfunction to realize what all God's done for you, to have an awareness of God's presence with you, to be able to be a blessing to people around you. Here's the secret sauce, gratitude. I say it a lot, but you're way more blessed than you are bothered. Stop talking about all the stuff that bothers you. Start counting your blessings. I don't know if I'm obnoxious to God or not, but I thank him and I thank him and I thank him and I thank him. I thank him this morning that I woke up. I thank him that I had a comfortable home. I got my family here. I went to get my hot tea. I was thankful that I had water. I had clean water. I walked past pictures in this one hallway and it's all my family. I was thankful for them. I put on clothes. I took a hot shower. Not in that order. I took a hot shower and then I... <laughs> I drove here. I didn't walk here. I didn't have to ride a horse here which would be cool. <laughs> thankful, thankful. I ate some food earlier. I'm going to get to eat again today. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm really, really blessed. My sins are forgiven. I've got the Holy Spirit with me. I've got a future. I've got a hope. I've got God's favor. I've got his mercy every day. Every day his mercies are new. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. 
look at me. It is the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce. Well, folks, we're done. We're coming out of dysfunction. We're leaving it. God's, God's goal, God's design is for you to grow and develop. And sometimes we stall, but let this be some pruning and some fertilizer and some water and some encouragement that we, we grow some more. And every time you grow, we're more and more free and we become more and more what God intended for us. And as I said at the beginning today, it's not just for you, it's for a whole lot of other people. And I'll close with this. When kindness starts to flow through you, you're becoming more and more free. We're competitive, we're aggravated, we're agitated, we're this or that. But when kindness starts to flow, and ask God, Lord, I want your kindness to flow through me. That's a huge sign, and it's such a needed fruit in our world today. Because again, we've got a world that's pretty broken right now. But God is good. Y'all hear me? God is good. Let that kindness start to flow. And every bit, every act of kindness, genuine kindness, even to people you don't know or people you don't like, every act of kindness, you're stepping more and more out of the briars of dysfunction. Next week, we're starting a series called Summer of Serving. And really what it's about is this. We've got a world that can't hear or doesn't seem to listen. So we're going to have to show them. We're going to have to show them really what God is like and what the people of God are like. And the more and more we become free, we will never be perfect on this side of heaven. Never, never, never. But I'm telling you what, growth and progress and increased freedom, that's the way to live. I'll stop right there. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? I pray so. I pray so.